right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this beautiful world, and welcome to episode number 20 of the Still City Insider Podcast. My name is Jeremy Ritz, alongside Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jeremy. I'm good. I have uh, two, two weeks of sleep in me, so I'm good. You're, you're recharged, and I just, you know, speaking of sleep, I feel like I had this crazy dream that Ben Roethlisberger retired, Tom Brady retired, and the Bengals made the Super Bowl, like something out of Bizarro <laughs> World. Wait, yeah. you're not telling me that's real. It's crazy. How about that? The Bengals in the Super Bowl. Nobody saw that coming, but uh, they will be taking on the Rams uh, to the Jeremy. chagrin of Steelers fans. You got to rewind this thing. I don't know. I called the Bengals a while ago. Uh, okay. If you follow my Facebook, I didn't put this on our site, but I had I had the Bengals and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, Joe Beatbox. Burrow looks every bit the real deal. And that looks scary for Steelers fans uh, for, for years to come. So it's been... 20 bucks, 20 bucks to win a 1000 Beginning of the playoffs. Yeah. I only picked one. Felt like I made all kind of different. I picked one, so I'm feeling a little ripped off today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you we've been gone for about place. yeah, we've been oh, gone for about two weeks. We've been out of this. Um, we we took a little respite there, uh, but now we're back. We're going to kick off um, beginning of our off season here with the Steelers, and we've got a lot to to cover. Um, the last time we were with everyone was following the. Uh, the wild card defeat to the Kansas City Chiefs and a lot of news. Keith Butler retires. We hear that Kevin Colbert is stepping down after the draft. Art Rooney, the bat signal went up for him last Friday. He spoke. We're going to get into all of that. And in addition to um, all the quarterbacks who are at the Senior Bowl this week for practice, including Kenny Pickett uh, and his small hands. Uh, but we'll talk about all those things. But we'll jump in with. Um, the, if we do this in sequential order, the, the first piece of news that dropped this off season, uh, surrounds Keith Butler. He retires. Uh, I know there was a tweet from Jerry Dulac that kind of got you, you, you fired up a little bit there, Jim, uh, in terms of, uh, he, um, he confirmed that he did not in fact call it defensive signals that it was Mike Tomlin, uh, and you're, I, I read, I think it was a few of your tweets or it was in uh, one of your articles about you don't know why everybody's overreacting to that. But Butler goes uh, big loss for this team. Are they going to be able to replace him? Is Austin the guy or do they bring someone in from the outside? Well, you know, if Mike Tomlin was an offensive coach and Keith Butler was calling was running the defense, it would be a bigger loss. In theory, the offensive coordinator would be a bigger loss but the offense is so horrible that nobody would look at it that way. But I'm just, you know, it's like Andy Reid losing his offensive coordinator. You know, if Eric Bieniemy was to be, that's what makes me think he was retired in the same way that Bruce Arians was retired. Why did he go down calling newspaper guys and talking about in-house stuff? I never called a play. Would Eric B. Enemy do that, you know, if he was fired? And really, nobody would care in Kansas City because they know Andy Reid runs the offense. 
I, I don't understand. Um, you know, I, I've been saying all year, we, we've been dealing with this all year. It's like, must have been that same episode where I picked the Bengals he tuned out on. <laughs> I'll <was> still sleep. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach. You know, Keith Butler was calling plays. We saw it on TV. He has the cards. He covers his mouth. He speaks into the microphone. He was calling them. They weren't his plays. I mean, Tomlin went over in the meeting. I, I, I mean, I can't break down. People want me to, on the message board, people want me to break down exactly who was calling what because they want to know who's responsible for this awful defense. They want to know specifically. But, I mean, just know that Tomlin's a defensive coach, and you can assume that he let, he let Dick LeBeau run it his way out of respect and out of intelligence. You know, you walk into a defense, uh, uh, the, the way the Steelers were playing defense at the time, why would you change it with all the players all attuned to Dick LeBeau? A young coach might come in with a great ego and change it, but Tomlin didn't. And, and that was to his credit that he let LeBeau coach that defense. But the players started retiring. The defense wasn't beating New England. Mike is a defensive coach. It was time. So he wanted his defense installed. Whether we like it or not is, is another story. But to be surprised that Keith Butler is abdicating, you know, doesn't want any accountability on this. I can't blame him. It's pretty messy defense. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I had no problem with Jerry Dulac's story or tweet. And he just been, has been writing. He and I have been writing the same things for years now. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody would mention uh, uh, it's time to fire the defensive coordinator, I would say, well, then you want to fire the head coach. It's his defense. Mm-hmm. The specifics of how the plays were called are, are, are uh, don't matter. So. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, interesting comment from Butler. He was, I think, interviewed on 93.7, the fan. I think that was a radio station, but he talked about one of the big reasons for giving up so many rushing yards was the pass rush up the field at times contributed to that, which I haven't heard that all season. I thought that was a unique perspective on the the run defense. What did you think about that comment? Well, you know, that's LeBeau's old style is to not rush up the field and not give guys like Cam Hayward free reign. Aaron Smith would have had a lot more sacks if he had played in this style. So to a degree, yeah, but I, I see also injury issues and inside linebacker issues. And and just the the size, you know, Tomlin wants hybrids. And we've talked about this. He he's gotten this defense smaller and faster. Yeah. Yeah. So all those factors, sure. Yeah. But then- I, I can I can understand Keith, you know, Keith was with LeBeau and they loved those Aaron Smith, you know, take up blockers at the line and let the linebackers flow. <laughs> but we in the media were always, hey, you know, why don't you let Aaron Smith rush the passer more? Why don't you let Kiesel rush the passer? Casey can rush the passer. Well, they finally started doing it. Now we're saying, hey, why are you letting these guys rush the passer? The, run, the run's killing you. Yeah. It's Chuck Noll once said, an expert, is someone who doesn't have 
oh, the exact words. He doesn't have any money on the line. His life, his career isn't on the line. We can be experts and make all these. And then, and then they change it to, to what we want. And it doesn't work. The defense coordinator is fired. And we go, oh, well, well, you know, hey, I might have been wrong. So what? Let's move on to my next, my next story. I don't get fired. You know, I'm just an expert. Right. <laughs> so do you think it'll be? Yeah. Go ahead. Will it be Terrell Austin who takes over? Will it be one of these outside guys? I know they interviewed um, a D coordinator from the Giants. I think he was retained. And then a young guy down um, from New Orleans, uh, Sean Payton's staff. Uh, are these just uh, courtesy interviews that they're doing here? Or um, are they seriously considering these guys? Or is it Terrell Austin is the next man up? Well, I, I, I don't know about the Giants, uh, but uh, the uh... – He's from Seattle. He's from USC. Chris Richard. He played with Troy Polamalu in that secondary. Pete Carroll liked his brains. He joined the USC staff, followed Carroll to Seattle, became defensive coordinator, was in on the Legion of Boom, and then he went with New Orleans. Uh, but he's he's a minority, and the Roonies are going to uh, uh, abide by this rule, the Rooney rule, as, as much as they can. So that's part of it. The other part is Richard is a defensive backs coach. And if Austin moves up the defensive coordinator, they're going to need a DB's coach. And this Chris Richard is very interesting to me as a young, young guy. Yeah. Um, so that could be part of it, but it's got to be Austin. I mean, ever, ever, ever since the start, I thought they were grooming Austin to replace Butler anyway. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, even, I don't know. Like I said, it's possible they forced Butler to retire. Yeah. Um, and so maybe this is what I've been expecting the, the transition to Austin, but they're going to go through the paces and interview people, especially minorities. But, uh, Austin, uh, I, I can't see it any other way. I just can't. I'm impressed with him. People say Tomlin doesn't go outside his circle. Well, when he brought Austin in two years ago, <laughs> he was outside of his circle. Mm-hmm. It's like Matt Canner was outside of his circle. So, I mean, he does that. He just, he just brought this guy in a couple years early, gave him some prep time. He knows the defense. He knows Tomlin. And, you know, these defensive coordinators are going to work under Tomlin aren't just going to – so they have their opportunity to inject. They have meetings all the time. They have they, – they can be innovative and uh, talk to the coach and work it out, see things, do things. So it's not like they're some kind of dummy. It's not like Eric Bieniemy is doing nothing under Andy Reid Although we all wonder why he never gets hired. Now we're kind of understanding in Pittsburgh why guys who work under a coordinator like that don't get the job offers. They're not the main coordinator on that team. The yeah. Kansas City defensive coordinator is more important to Andy Reid than the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And therefore, he has more uh, tasks and he's, he's asked for more innovation. And those are the guys that become head coaches elsewhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, but I like Terrell Austin, and, and I, I think he'll, I think he'll, he would be outstanding. He will be outstanding, regardless of, you know, he was at Cincinnati as a defense coordinator, and they didn't do so well defensively. Uh, I don't know the personnel issues. Uh, I don't know what was going on, how much money was being spent, but um, I like him as a coach. I like him as a presence. I like talking to him. He definitely commands respect. And man, he's been a pit guy. We in Pittsburgh have really had our eye on Terrell Austin ever since he left Pitt as a player, mm-hmm. and he got into coaching. 
So I, I like him, and I, I'm excited for him. And I just, it's got to be high odds. Uh, it's like, I, I mean, you know, odds on, odds on is one to one. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like one to two odds. You got to uh, bet a buck to win 50 cents that Terrell Austin, Terrell Austin. Uh, yeah. he's, he's got to be a heavy favorite to have this job. Yeah. And that announcement should be coming soon. I wouldn't imagine it would uh, be drawn out much further. Uh, some other news that we got was that Kevin Colbert will remain with the team through the draft. Um, how big of a loss is this going to be? And I know you wrote a, a pretty big column, uh, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, just a lot of cool stories that you shared there. Um, but who takes his place and what's the logic behind keeping him around until after the draft and not letting the new guy kind of run the show and his new gig? Well, the draft is the Super Bowl. So it's like firing a coach in the playoffs before the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's the season. It goes draft to draft for, for personnel people. So that's why. It's not like it's not like the new GM is going to come in and draft a guy and have to coach him. Or or let's say the new GM is going to have to coach Kevin's guys. <laughs> And the GM isn't as, especially a new GM here, isn't going to be as powerful as GMs around the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be easier to get information. So there was always the, I, I always knew exactly what was going on. You know, maybe the GM had some more power, but it's a coach's organization. The head coach has the power, as we find out with Bill Cower and Tom Donahoe. They both put their resignations on the table. And Rooney accepted the, the guy who wasn't the coach. And that uh, confirmed further the power of the head coach in this organization, even though they're on their, uh, what do they call those those profiles where the jobs, uh, the uh, chain of commands, those guys are even, the mm-hmm. head coach, and the uh, business vice president, and the uh, general manager. Now, perhaps Art Rooney has changed that and given Kevin more power, but the new guy, especially if it's one of these underlings, say they they promote Brandon Hunt, he's not going to all of a sudden have more power than Tomlin. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like the new GM is going to have to live with Kevin Colbert's, you know, he's, he's going to start anew on his, uh, you know, the spring practices. He's got to go out and start anew, and then he'll get to the next draft. Yeah, but. Okay. But keeping Kevin on later, I mean, just as an advisor guy, if that's another question you're asking, yeah, you know, why why not have a, a smart, intelligent, easy to get along with guy hanging around? Yeah. What type of impact does this have on the team not having Kevin Colbert there after he has been um, around for such a long time? Well, it's going to have an effect on the quality of the team, but you know, as far as Najee Harris, I mean, he's going to see see Kevin Colbert at his locker every now and then and say, hey, how you doing? And they say, hey, how you doing? That's it. I mean, it's not like it's a relationship with a coach. So the, the, the team isn't going to – but as far as, you know, I thought Kevin was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. people who look at the draft and want to squab- quibble about Artie Burns and all the misses that Kevin and Tomlin – we don't know specifically who is responsible for which guy exactly. Kevin just plinks the board. 
what do you need, coach? What specifically do you need? Uh, I can raise those kind of talents up a, a level. And Tom will go, well, you know, why do you have this guy up there? I saw him at the pro day. I don't like him. And then uh, Kevin would adjust perhaps. But, uh, you know, Kevin just broke the board, but the coach is the power in making the pick. So we don't know exactly who is responsible for which picks. My gut tells me that Tomlin had a lot to do with more to do with Devin Bush. Yeah. Just seems like his style of player. And probably he had more to do with Ryan Chazier to, to look on the bright side too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a guy like Brandon Hunt coming in, uh, Omar Khan. I mean, those guys aren't going to be as good as Kevin Colbert, at least in my opinion, they'll have to prove themselves right? and they won't have more power, but, uh, if and they could go out of the 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 they they went out of their system to get Kevin he they hired him from Detroit so I mean they, they've done that before mm-hmm. but you know Brandon Brandon's a younger guy it's going to be hard for him to have that commanding presence in meetings and things like that mm-hmm. I think he's really smart and he could be great for the future but right now you know Omar would have more gravitas is the yeah. word I used in my column. Yeah. Omar has that uh, kind of presence, but he doesn't have the personnel training in scouting that Brandon Hunt has. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, Hunt interviewed with the Bears, but they, I think, have since hired somebody. Uh, and something I didn't know that if um, Con would have been hired, the Steelers would have been awarded two third-round picks. Well, Brandon, Brandon's a minority too. So, yeah. And, um, and it's good to interview, you know, I know Omar has been interviewing for years, but it's good for Brandon to get out. These are, even if he doesn't get the Steelers jobs, you learn when you, when you step out and get out of your comfort zone and do things like interview, you, you learn and you see what other teams want and, um, other teams want to file your name away and what you had to say, uh, possibly hire you later. Yeah. These are all good to get out and interview, and they don't mean as much, I think, as people want to believe. But yeah, if you, if a, a minority is hired from your organization, I mistakenly had told you earlier, like a month ago, that if the Steelers hire a minority, then they get a third round comp pick. That's not true. If your organization loses a minority, then you get two third round comp picks. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 You might want to just keep Brandon around where he's at for a long time till he gets hired. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Two third round picks. That's uh, nothing to sneeze at. Um, But it definitely has been an off season of, of change and transition so far. Butler uh, stepping down, Kevin Colbert announcing his retirement, big Ben's retirement and Art Rooney, uh, took to the uh, interview stage last Friday, had a lot of interesting comments. He does this every year where he gives his uh, state of the team address. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about his comments. Wanted to start um, just about his emphasis on the need for a mobile quarterback and not, not a running quarterback, but somebody who can move around in the pocket, extend and play and buy time. But Tomlin has also talked about the importance of a mobile quarterback. Does this give credence to them going after a guy in the draft in the first or second round? Um, 
or do you think that they're just going to they're going to ride with Rudolph or Haskins? See, here's where um, actually being at the press conferences or being a experienced reporter pays off as opposed to a lot of the bloggers out there that really don't know how the game works. You know, I just used one of the questions put to Mike Tomlin at his press conference. It was 64 words to ask him who is punting this week. Who's your punter? Who's your punter? Three words. Who's your punter? It was 64 words because the reporter wanted to put words in. He wanted the answer to come back in the, in the vein, uh, the theme that he was writing his story. So he packed all this stuff in, and they all do this. They pack this stuff into a question. And Tomlin's the worst guy to do that to because he you could tell that irritates him, and he'll, he'll come up with a yes or a no if he can. If you ask a 100-word question, he loves the sound of no. Yeah, after the long explained question. I mean, the one about the punter, I don't know why you would want words put into Thomas' mouth. Because So anyway, uh, that just goes with the mobile quarterback. One of the questions put to Tomlin late in the year was, do you like a mobile quarterback? I think they're playing a mobile quarterback that week. He's not going to say no. Well, yeah, mobile quarterbacks, you know, everyone likes a mobile quarterback. So I don't know how this question was put to art. I only saw the answer, and he didn't use the word mobile. Uh, it was an answer. It was just, well, sure. So I'm I'm sure, and I don't get invited. I get invited to everything except art twos. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. <laughs> I, I don't go, so I don't look for the transcripts. I'm a little miffed. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh I'm sure the words mobile quarterback were stuffed into the question and tried to put into his answer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these guys do deliver for the reporters. So I'm very leery of that question. I'm very leery of all of this uh, leading to Malik Willis being the number one pick of the Steelers this year because they want a mobile quarterback so bad. I'm not so sure. I think it has a lot to do with the questions that are being asked and mm -hmm. how they're being framed. That's a long answer for you. And I'm sorry, Jeremy. Yeah. So <laughs> that, you're, you're more their questions. <laughs> so you're you're more leaning towards it being Rudolph or Haskins, uh, as opposed to them taking a shot on a guy. Oh, first. It's not gonna be Haskins. Please stop with the Haskins. <laughs> that guy sucks. He he crapped his pants in his, his big chance. That was his Super Bowl. This wasn't a rookie. This is a guy that's been in Ohio State big games. He played for Washington as a first-round pick, a lot of pressure. And he. this was pressure, a preseason game. This is your chance to win the second job. And he went out, and he was just horrible. I don't care how many third, four-string guys, those screen passes were behind people. He was awful. He was awful. I don't know how you come back from that. I don't know how he made the, the team over Dobbs. Yeah. If, if there's some genius quarterback resurrecting his career this season and during practice, uh, I'll be stunned. But what? Uh, let's just I'm, say let's just say Rudolph's the main guy. He's, he's, he. I'm just uh, curious why they put that original round tender on him to bring him back to compete for another year. If they, it was the cheapest. It was the cheapest. Yeah. You well, know, I think have, that's. More ar more arsenal to my argument that they're going to draft a QB. <laughs> well, oh, I, possibly, but uh, yeah. um, you you have the first round tender, which is a bunch of money. 
second round tender, and then original round tender. Well, since those original round was a first round, you don't have to put the first round tender on. You don't have to put the expensive one. You could put the cheap one on them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they like him somewhat enough to pay him $2 million, which is the cheapest tender. Uh, they could have not offered him a tender and he would have become a free agent. And then they would have had to deal with him and maybe fight off somebody else. So they like him enough, which surprises me. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think he has a chance. Yeah, I think he's awful. Yeah, and, and his colors will show. If he can't take the pressure of a preseason game, those colors will show in a big game. Why do you want that? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, his colors have already shown. He he can't take pressure. Yeah. Um. But where was I with uh, before the Rudolph? Uh, we were talking just about the quarterbacks. Mobile quarterback. Everybody wants a mobile quarterback, so that's easy to say. But uh, as far as uh, you know, drafting Cordell Stewart in the first round. You want to go through that again? I mean, no. Malik Willis. M- Malik Willis doesn't have the accuracy. Cordell didn't have the accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that's not something – you see these coaches. My dad's a coach too uh, and baseball coach. And they all think they can uh, fix arm strength and speed. They think they can make you faster. And they can think they can make your arm stronger. It's only minimal. All the work you put in, you can't change that stuff. You can't mm-hmm. change accuracy. You're not going to. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to mess with it. Man, I watched Malik Willis last night. Man, he's a nice runner. But come on. Yeah. You can't read defenses at all. Do you want to go through that? I watched Sam Howell. He looks like Baker Mayfield. If you can get a Baker Mayfield at 20 pick, okay. But, I mean, it's all kind of depressing. Uh, I think. Jason Rudolph's your best bet. I mean, there are free agents out there. We could talk about them, but go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, there's a a lot of guys that are out there um, that will be available to the Steelers first or second round quarterback. There's a lot of evaluation that has to happen. Senior bowl this weekend, combine. Um, Desmond Ritter, um, you know, he he could be an option, but I think one of the positions that NFL teams fail to evaluate properly and historically i think if if i did a study on this and if i can get some time to do it i will the, people miss on quarterbacks consistently i mean that's the hardest position it seems to evaluate how many guys are drafted first overall that don't pan out and how many guys that are drafted in the later rounds or the later part of the first round who pan out aaron Rodgers was he 29th pick uh russell wilson third pick i know that's just two quarterbacks out of how many but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not selling out on this, uh, this 2022 quarterback class yet. I want to study a little bit more, um, or a guy like Carson strong. Now, if he just had a little bit mobility, but he's a pure passer, he's got a cannon, but he would die behind this Steelers offensive line. So you got to assume the line's going to get better too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they made the playoffs, so Ben's not mobile at all. He's hard to bring down back there, but yeah, and he gets rid of the ball quickly. Right, but uh, you know, you know why it's hard because you have to have so much mental and so much physical to your game. So they get they get caught up with the physical, and uh, those guys a lot of times don't have the mental, mm-hmm. and then you get Tom Brady in the sixth round because. All he has is mental, and then they get sacked and tore apart and 
don't have the arm strength, so they mm. don't have the physical. So it's so hard. Yeah, so hard, and it's so hard to know how well they read defenses and what's their um, potential for getting better at that. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, I mean that process there alone. I mean, it's one thing to look at information and process it when you're just like sitting in a nice, comfortable environment, but when you're doing it with 300 pounders running at you, I mean, you got to scan and read. These guys are soldiers. I mean, that's, it's impressive what they're able to do. Well, it's the hardest position in all sports. It's the most important position in all of sports and the most difficult. Agreed. Why they get the big buck. That's why you can laugh and say, yeah, okay. You can only throw 2 million a year at, Haskins, who cares? Only two million. I know. You know I go to bed praying every night for two million. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a couple of years, Jim. We're 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 gonna make it with this with this podcast. I see those numbers going up. They're up to like two fifty now, aren't they? Hey, we're we're, we're ri- rising up in the world here. <laughs> well, I you know I hope people know to 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 press the subscribe button on the YouTube. You know, uh, it, how do you explain that? It's underneath. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Down um, just right, right below the, uh, the toolbar, hit the subscribe button, click that you like the, the video, leave a comment. We try to respond to your comments there, but uh, yeah, jack our numbers up, man. It's not so much the like, I mean, likes are great, but the subscribe and that, that doesn't cost you anything. That just means it shows up in your, YouTube feed. If yeah. you look at your YouTube feed and then you'll see Steel Study will come in there each each week. We'll just yep. enter into your zone. And so that's how we get our numbers up by subscribers. Yeah. And you get to see our you know, lovely faces. Yeah. You what? get to see our lovely faces at five o'clock in the morning. You should well, see us before. You should see us before we get on here. <laughs> and we start recording. We'll be miserable been- zombies. As you can tell, I have stopped trying. The season's <laughs> over. I just put flannel on, baby. Yeah, I think at one point I had a tie on earlier in the year. A uh, couple no, of comments here from Rooney. Um, you know, he talked about just improving both both off offensive and defensive lines, stopping the run, getting the running game going. Uh, talked about a meeting that's going to be occurring soon with Stefan to to determine his his future with the team. Um, I would say this is really one of the more nondescript postseason uh, interviews with Rooney. Uh, I don't feel like there was much there, maybe because we know the holes on this team. Yeah. Um, but anything you want to comment on from from Rooney's press conference? Yeah, uh, the one line about we hope to talk to Stefan. I, you may have heard different. I, I watched something else. I watched Missy Matthews interview. Um. And you may have seen him explain it differently, but it to me, it sounded like we hope to talk to Stefan. And that put a depressing rap on that entire pre- – I thought that was the worst thing to come out of it because really that's all I wanted to know. What's going on with Tua? And they, it doesn't sound like they know. It doesn't sound like they've talked to him at all. That was and, – and, you know, I have said you've got to plan ahead without him. You've got to go on without yeah. him. If yeah. he comes back, great. That's a cherry on top. But you've got the plan. Because if he says he's coming back, he could get depressed 
And we don't know what the issue is. Yeah. But that's what makes you think somebody said reportedly it was mental health. I don't know who reported that because uh, I don't know that that can be reported without yeah. violating HIPAA. Yeah. And that's why nothing's been leaked. That's my assumption. <clears throat> nothing's been leaked. We always hear leak. We always, you know, he's had knee surgery. That would be leaked. But a mental health issue doesn't isn't a football injury. Mm-hmm. So if they start speaking out of turn about some other issues that he's developed that have nothing to do with football, they could possibly get sued. Yeah. So we've heard nothing. And that's why we assume it's a mental health issue. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I did see about to it was that his house and I forget where out in Western PA, I want to say uh, Pine Richland area, but I know that's not right. Um, but his house was recently, yeah, yeah, was put up for sale and the house sold his house sold in Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't know if there's any veracity to that report. It was a pretty reputable source um, where I read that from, but well, no, I, be mean, a shame. I believe, I believe the report, yeah. but what does it mean? Yeah. I mean? We could be reaching for the meaning of that. Yeah. So it's best not to, I mean, that could, that could mean a, a million things, but yeah. But that changes things. If if two it is not there, I mean, you you have to. That's going to force your hand in the draft first or second round. You got to bring in a guy, defensive line, or you got to find somebody in free agency. If you draft somebody, it's going to take time for them to develop. You you have to get somebody who can come in and play right away. But it's not like defensive linemen are just hanging around out there. Hey, you're you know, really looking for a job. So like Javon Hargrave. Yeah. You is know, he a free agent this year? He was your third round draft pick and they let him go. Yeah. And he's exactly what they could could be using, a, a nose guard slash defensive tackle. Yeah. Because a, a pure nose guard is not worthy of a first-round pick these days. No. no. But if he can slide over and play defensive tackle in your nickel and dime, then he's worth it. Right. Right. So it would be great to have him back, but they let him go. Chasing another dream, another wish. Yes. And their young guy go. Yep. Well, Jim, that's uh that's all I have for the, the meat of the show today. And we are gonna we didn't do a terrible three the last time. I think I was so disgusted from the uh Chiefs loss, but we got one let for you today. Tell, let me tell my story about um um uh Jimmy Garoppolo, how he killed okay. me, how he hurt me intentionally. Okay. He had a 10-point lead. That was 20 bucks to win a thousand. So anyway, Joe Burrow came through on his. Now I had the Bengals $50 to win $825. So I still have that alive. Those are my two picks. And um, Joe Burrow is from Athens, Ohio, right? Where my baby goes to college. Athens, Ohio, Ohio U. Joe Burrow grew up there. And uh he um he wanted to go to Ohio State, if I have the story right. And there was some issue, grades or something, where they kind of wanted to back out of it. And his dad was a assistant coach at Ohio U. So Ohio U thought they were going to get this guy who led them to the state basketball championship, the Athens High School. And he um, he didn't end up going to Ohio U. He went to Ohio State, then transferred to LSU. Before he won the national championship, he beat Alabama. And I wrote that the guy looked like Joe Namath. I don't know why I picked Joe Namath. I love the whipped arm and the confidence. I didn't know, and I didn't, because his name was Joe, but I didn't know he was this cool. I mean, there's only one quarterback 
Well, Kenny Stabler was really cool. But really, there are a few quarterbacks that are that cool. Jim McMahon was really cool. Um, Kenny Stabler was really cool. And Joe Namath was super cool. All the rest of them, you know, there's always a there's always something you don't like about these guys. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. But these Joe Burrow's cool. And uh, he beat Alabama. And I was in Athens watching my daughter play soccer. And uh, I wrote him up. I said, this guy's cool. And uh, I, um, I had heard some the Steelers had hired somebody from LSU. And she said that Joe Burrow is a jerk. And I'm like, wow, I, he seems cool. So I was in Athens and I go to this, this diner and there was a guy with an LSU hat. And I figured this guy, I'm sure, is a fan of Joe Burrow. I, mm. I said, hey, you know who Joe, you know Joe Burrow? And he goes, yeah, I coached him. I was his high school basketball coach. We won the state championship. I said, I heard he's a jerk. No, he's not a jerk. He's a great kid. He's just a little different. That's all. He's not a jerk. He's great. Mm. We love him here. I said, where exactly was he from? And he goes, here. I go, no, I know he's from Athens, but where exactly? He goes, no, here. This is the diner. He hung out here. He lived right around this diner wow. in the plains area. And so uh, I've, I've kept my eye on Joe all the way. And um, then he wins the national championship at LSU. It's drafted by the Bengals, of course, and you're dealing with him. And now look at him. I mean, that 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 video of him smoking that cigar in the locker room and doing that dance, he's super cool. Yeah. I, I can root for the Bengals. So my, my daughter's at Ohio U. And she yeah. said, Dad, I, I, I try. I try. My best friend is a, is from Cincinnati, and she's a Bengals fan. And they were so happy, and I was so miserable. I just – I can't. I just hate the Bengals so bad, Dad. Yeah. I said, I well, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, and I can win some money. So can you like them a little bit? <laughs> anyway, I heard there was all kind of partying in the streets of Athens yeah. uh, the other day, the other night. So I'm a Joe Burrow fan, and uh, the Steelers got to find their own Joe Cool. You know? That's what makes it fun. That makes it fun. It gives them something to something for the Steelers to strive for to to find the their next Big Ben, their next Terry Bradshaw, so that uh, there's not a uh, reign of orange dominance um, from the Bengals. So I can't root for them. Sorry, Jim. Uh, So speaking of the Bengals, let's do the terrible three. Um, (laughs) First one. In the first three picks in this year's draft, in no particular order, which positions do the Steelers draft? <clears throat> Is this a prediction or what I would do? What you would frankly, do. I got to wait to see who's available because I, I want to go value. Yeah, offensive, defensive lineman, or middle linebacker, whatever is your your next captain. The hardest working guy when the hardest working guy is your best player, and hopefully your biggest player. That's when things start to happen for your team. Mm-hmm. So I like that theory. Uh, the other theory is you need a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I watched Sam Howell last night from North Carolina. I, I got a real spidey sense that that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think Pickett will be drafted before him. Uh, I, I I think Sam Howell is, uh, is Baker Mayfield. Now, you might not like Baker Mayfield if you're picking first. Yeah. Like the Browns took them first. But if you're picking 20th, yeah, you can put a good team around Baker Mayfield and win. Yeah. Baker Mayfield played poorly this year because he was hurt so bad. So, you know, uh, but um, 
so I can't answer your question. I have to be, I'd have to see who's available. I, have to, I just want a great player. Okay. The next one, best chance of being your starting quarterback in 22 and worst chance. So I'm going to give you a list. You tell me who has the best chance, who has the worst chance here. I know you love these types of questions. <laughs> Rudolph, Haskins, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or a 2022 NFL draft prospect? Well, I would go Rudolph is one is your best chance. And uh, Aaron Rodgers would have to be your, your last chance. I, I don't see dra- uh, trading two number ones for a 39-year-old quarterback. He tried that this year. Yeah. This past season. He's, I mean, he's, he, he, he's in better – he's more mobile than Ben. He's probably – he looks younger. He's playing younger. He's more athletic and more supple at the same age. But still, he's that age. It's just – I, I don't know how you want to deal with two number ones for Aaron Rodgers because your team's not ready. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you have a team that has no holes. You have some serious holes. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard supple used to describe a quarterback before. That's a, that's a first. Well, when you're getting to be 39, supple becomes a big word. When you're 61, you wish you were more supple. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for the suppleness that I have. Yeah. All right. And then the, the last one here. So, in fact, I'm jealous of your supplement. <laughs> Look at you rocking and rolling back and forth, showing off your supplement. Oh, man. I'm going to be thinking of that word all day today. Uh, the last one um, Tom Brady recently announced his retirement. Uh, a lot of Steelers fans are a little upset by that, saying that Brady always has to steal the, the Steelers and Big Ben's limelight. Does Brady's retirement, being that they're both going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame the same year, does it prevent Ben from getting in? And I think it's 2027, that first year. Well, Steeler fans get so mad about so many things. I I don't care whether Ben goes into first year or second year. I don't know why that matters. Uh, However, isn't Brady deciding to come back? I mean, the reporter jumped the gun on the story, and now Brady's going to make him pay by coming back. I could see Brady coming back just to prove that report wrong. He's so highly he competitive. May not, he may not be retiring. To yeah. spare these Steeler fans who are very upset about this. I would hate to see them be upset for the next five years about this. Yeah. Hey, I would I would hope he comes back one more year because uh, Tampa comes to Heinz. Well, it's not going to be Hinesville next year. He comes to Pittsburgh next year, so it'd be one more opportunity to see him light up that uh, Steelers defense for 400 yards. It's not going to be Heinz Field next year? I I heard that the uh, the naming rights, I think the contract expires, so it's going to be something like uh-huh. Zenith Banker. Yeah, I know. That's wrong. That's wrong. And, you know, See, now these are these are little things Steeler fans are going to look at. Why do you Steeler writers get mad about such little things? Just change the name of the stadium in your story. I won't. It'll be Heinz Field forever in my story. Yeah, so. I agree. There are some things you just don't mess with. We and we have a lot too much change right already for the Steelers this offseason. So no more, <laughs> no more. That's it. We're we're starting. Hey, I'm we're, sorry, I took. I took your podcast way past uh, 50 minutes here. I apologize. So. Uh, hey, we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot to talk about. Well, that is. Yeah, but some of my stories were way too long. 
It's all good. Nobody cared about that except me and my daughter. I care, Jim. I care. So it was a it was a supple story. It was supple. Uh, all right, everyone. That's the end of episode number twenty. We're gonna have a bit of an altered um, schedule moving forward this off season. We'll publish that for you. We'll let you know how that's gonna work. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us. Make sure you subscribe, like, uh, leave a comment. Help us build the following of uh, of our podcast. We appreciate it. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on. Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can follow my work at thestillstudy.com and give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. And we'll, we will see you here um, either next week or in two weeks for episode number 21 of the Still City Insider podcast. Have a great week. See you, Jim. All right, Jeremy. Take care, man. <laughs>